0: To All Singing All Dancing. As always, we are breaking down movie musicals through the lens of film, theater, and pop culture history. I'm Madeline Malloy.
1: And I'm Emily Heath. And today we have a very special guest. It's a very dear friend of mine, um, her, the iconic Julia Pace Mitchell. Oh,
2: you are too kind. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this show. My name is Julia. I'm a musical theater lover, and I worked in New Yorker, a lot of plays, a lot of musicals, a lot of regional theater. And some musicals, actually Notorious, I guess that's a hip-hop musical.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course, yeah.
2: (laughs) And I was on Young and the Restless for years. And Airport Security Squad and this one called Fired. And other than Young and the Restless, I've done some TV that I can't talk about. I signed an NDA, so. (laughs) You know how that's spooky, spooky NDAs, yeah. TV star, but you just,
1: no one's allowed to know.
2: Yeah,
0: It's a secret. That's the worst when you do like a really cool project, but you can't tell anybody. Maddie has one of those. That things. happened to me right before all of the pandemic stuff. I was yes. like on something crazy and it was, they were like gun to my head. Like if you ever tell anybody, we're going to yeah. ruin your
2: life. It's like,
0: oh, that really sucks.
2: It for does me. suck. That's and it's not like, fun for me at all. And then you see stuff, you're like, oh yeah, I know what that is. And then you can't talk about it but there's so much in this business like that so
1: um, one thing I will just just say that gives us gives um, Julia a lot of credence for her opinion that she has met Dwayne The Rock Johnson
2: yes I worked with him on a movie called Faster and he was like I brought my sister to set and she was like oh my god and he was like taking on and off a leather jacket right at the scene and we <laughs> were just watching it over and over again and he was acting so like hey what's up my name's Dwayne I was like We hey, like, you know who you are you don't have to tell <laughs> us who you yeah, are I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know who you are. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so today, we are talking about...
0: Dreamgirls the Dream musical.
1: Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls will never leave you. It's Beyonce. <laughs> it's Jennifer Hudson. What else do you really want? We, Jamie
0: Foxx, Eddie, Fox, Eddie Murphy. Jamie Foxx,
1: Eddie Murphy, John Lithgow, and John Krasinski. What Weird on- cameos, but they're there. I mean,
0: if you're going to choose, like, awkward white dudes, those are ones... Those are, the are good
1: ones. ones. Those are very they good ones. They were typecast. Yes. <laughs> talking about typecast. Um, Reversed. St- Yeah, we this this it's so so good. It's just so good. I mean, I
0: gotta be honest. I, 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 I had never I don't know how I managed to not see this in 2006. When it came out, that would have been a prime time for me to see it. I did not watch it until two days ago, and I am like filled to the top of my cup. I am fully so renewed full as a woman. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like going on hikes, like listening to the soundtrack. Like, yeah, 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 I'm changing too. That's right, Jennifer. I'm mm, changing.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, like living. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a girl power kind of show. Yes. But at the same time, it isn't. So it's the songs, though, have that depth oh, absolutely. of like everything is – they like those revelations and, you know, changes – but how, how do you not see it? How, where you been? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's funny. I
0: was realizing this recently that, like, I know a lot about pop culture, but in a way where, like, so, like, I, I didn't have cable or TV until the early 2000s, and then I spent, like, the better part of the early 2000s, like, going hard on, like, I need to know everything. I need to, I need to, I'm going to watch all the Nick at Night shows. I'm going to get into everything. I, because I grew up watching mus- movie musicals as yes. a little kid, but in 2005, 6, 7, like, Miss me with all modern culture. I wasn't, I was not at the movie theaters. I was like out doing my own weird yes. teenager thing. So I missed this like pivotal moment of this amazing movie. I, I don't know how I did it, but so like to watch it now, I was telling my roommate, like, this this movie's really good. And he's like, Are you fucking kidding me? Where
1: have you been? Perry, Perry <laughs> my
0: roommate was like, He's a young gay man who went to theater college <laughs> and is a professional actor or was at one point and is like, I went with my entire family and we all cried. And then we left the theater and then we all bought Supremes albums and it was the best day of my fucking life and I cannot believe you. Like, oh, uh, obviously I'm a traitor right now. Like, I'm not a part of the solution. I'm a part of the problem that I have not been celebrating this musical for years. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: It's so good. My, um, in the opposite, the on the complete opposite, in the in, a, in the Perry vein, in the Maddie's roommate vein, <laughs> my dad was the, exclusively the reason why I was really the theater when I was a kid. He loved theater. He loved musical theater. And I remember he took me to see this and it came out sometime around Christmas. And he took me to see it literally the day it came out at like 3 p.m. Oh, that's was like the great. the only people there. And he was like, he loved the Broadway musical and he had listened to an NPR story about Jennifer Hudson. And if there was enough, anything that could, like for example, Nora Jones and James uh, John Mayer. Nora Jones and John Mayer could do no wrong as far as my father was concerned because they had NPR profiles ahead of their first <laughs> albums. And Jennifer Hudson, they interviewed her before Dream Girls and he was like, she just is amazing and she sounds so talented. And Simon Cowell didn't like her and I just want to see her. And we left it and we were, we cried, Whoa. we laughed, we loved it. He bought me the CD. I had honestly, it had been a long time, admittedly, we watched it recently obviously, in advance of recording the episode. And I it had been a long time since I had watched it. And I'm watching it and I was like, man, I really loved this soundtrack when I was in high school. He, I, I listened to it when I worked out. There yeah. were like a bunch of these songs where I was just like, oh my God, I know every single word to every song in this musical. And I had forgotten how much I loved it. That's it's so sweet. It's so good. What it's a nice just memory. It's so good.
2: Well, one memory that I have of it that's genuinely like, the most fun I ever had with my older sister is that we would sing the end of, and I'm telling you, at the top of our lungs and like scream out like, me! <laughs> 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 melted out to see who could do it and just like fall out laughing because it was like the, like there's no other musical on Broadway at the time where there's like this big black woman singing but it's like in a crescendo Broadway style, you know, it's just. Yeah, it's,
1: it's not like, just like, like you're like singing yeah. like like gospel tunes, it's like, like a pinnacle yeah. like, <laughs> moment of the show. So,
2: and so, and we would just scream and yell it and we'd be like, and you, and you, and you, and you're going and
3: I'm like, eight. Like, <laughs>
1: The, I don't know uh, 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 how many of you, you all have listened to the original Broadway cast recording. Yes, um, with Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson is obviously incredible, but the original Broadway cast recording is much more like "I'm you, I'm you, I'm you," and it's like she's
2: It's um Jennifer Holliday. Yes,
1: yes. So yes.
0: I, I sent Emily a clip I found, oh, which so
1: good. This so good. This messed so good. me up.
0: This was so funny. So so there's an episode of The Fresh Prince. Uh, at the very yes. end I'm assuming you've seen this and I'll I'll probably share it on social media because it's just it's like too perfect for words but he does an entire essentially what I would say now is a drag performance but he's just not in drag yes. to the to that exact yes. piece and he's miming <laughs> and he's going super hard and there's a point where like everyone sneaks out of the room including the man who he's singing to which is Uncle Phil yes. Uncle Phil leaves and he like looks around and realizes he's alone, and then just keeps going. <laughs> he's like, and he does that, like, Nya-y! like, like he, the facial miming. It oh, is. So it was good. so joyful, and I'm like, again, I'm like,
2: I know I watched that, yes. so how did I not whatever? Yeah, but it's so good. Woo. And that, if we talk about musical theater songs, that's like so different than most women's musical theater songs. Not, yes. not. I love him. Does he love me back? No, you're going to love me. Like, yeah. that's the... It's, well, that's her whole character
0: story yeah. is so inspiring. That yeah. really is the takeaway for me was like, she's not... Like, there's no shame up until the point where people totally mess up her experience. She's like, like I'm fucking cool. Do you like this or what? Like, right. do you do you like her? Do you like a real woman? You're right. like, hmm.
1: Wow. I even love, though... Um you know, Effie's character is so interesting because she is what you would traditionally call a diva or like a difficult woman, right? But like, if you get to the root of it,
2: it's so justified.
1: She's just she's and even <laughs> she's like, like no, her, I know I'm even good. her stuff. Like at the end of the film, when she's coming into the club where she's like, um, she's like trying to like be like, oh, let me tell you stories about how how everyone did me wrong or when she's like, I I lost half a million dollars. I don't want to sing with this guy. I don't know this guy. This is a new piano guy. I don't want to sing with him. And you're like, oh, why is she being a diva? And you're like, no, wait, actually, she's just like, being a professional, she's like, I don't know him, I don't want to sing with him, I don't want to perform with someone I've never worked with before. And it's like a lot of the things that you call like a difficult woman is just her like
2: standing up for herself. Speaking <laughs> up
1: for herself. Yeah. Or her she's her
2: incredible. friend took her her friend took her man. She might be a little bitter. Like yeah. the, it's justified. So
0: super justified. And I think that puts a really interesting lens on like also the time period, right? Because you're like, you're watching as a movement of like black music is getting so much more visibility, but it is still the early. At least where this film starts is like the early sixties, and then it goes all the way until I guess the late seventies. Like
2: the women's that's rights not at a that good time. section yeah. for
0: women, they're right. trying to to release themselves of it. But you're you're dealing with the civil rights movement, and then the women's lib movement. That you're not looking good for a character who's like, no, I'm proud to be black. I'm super talented, and I'm here to k- kill it. And everyone's yeah. sort of putting pressure on her to stop acting that way. It's really interesting. I. I don't know. I, I'm. I think it's such an iconic character because you're really on her
2: side. Yes. I almost want more of her yeah. in the show, right? Yeah. You're like, I mean, I love you too, Beyonce, but that's. It can we have more so, of her again? Well, you can't say that because you know Emily loves Beyonce. So true. So true. So, so true. Emily, so speak true. on it. Obsessed.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know that you have. Well, okay, so we're we're just talking straight up character, but we're also talking not J. Hud versus beyonce of course because they were co-stars but if we're saying like within the same film if jennifer hudson can come in and be like i'm a better singer than her and be right and it's beyonce like you got something right like you got something there um because yes i do love beyonce probably more than like most things in the world. So it takes a lot for me to say that and mean it.
2: <laughs> and you know what? It also speaks to like the machine of women in music. Like you have to have every, like the certain look, the certain weight, the certain color, the certain this and that. It's like packaging of talent is something that still happens right now. Oh, yeah. And, and how does that affect people? Like- and how
1: many t- insanely talented people get left by the wayside because they don't fit into that packaging makes me sick. Cause it's like, sure, of course, music is a business. It's an it's a it's a business like anything else. But it, at the end of the day, you're you're hoping still that you're dealing with artists yes. that care about their craft and that are passionate about what they're doing. And I feel like this is a really good kind of insight into that. Um with the, you know, the Jamie Foxx character just kind of in, in his perpetual, like, it's a business, it's a business. Yeah, that's Barry business.
2: Gordy 101. Like, yeah. that's the Motown machine. It was called, like, the Motown machine. Like, that was not necessarily what it's based on, but totally what it's based on.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Theater continues
4: our legendary talent contest with a
3: courageous the courageous.
1: Okay,
0: we'll talk about, for real quick, we can talk about the Broadway show. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, is just to start at Broadway, because that's, like, the lens of where you're, like, this whole show is based, obviously, in a Broadway show, and that then colors why the film looks the way that it does, the way yes. that it functions the way it does, and then, overall, like, where those even stories came from, which is, like you're saying, is, is like, the Motown, Barry Gordy, and, like, a, an amazing amount of people. I think you, to to the layman who doesn't understand what Motown Records like all of the musicians that were surrounding that,
1: yes.
2: everything that you love came from one place at one yeah. time, at one time. And it's it was insane. American music. yeah, And that was it. Like yeah. that was the sound of America.
1: So, um, so the Broadway show um, was a uh, premiered in 1981. It was uh, music by Henry Krieger and lyrics by Tom Ian. Um, it was directed and choreographed by Michael Bennett, um, who was apparently a pretty famous popular choreographer um. One a New York Times theater critic said that he keeps Dreamgirls in constant motion in every conceivable direction to perfect his special brand of cinematic stage effects throughout the show. He uses shadows, cleat lights, background figures, and eerie silhouettes to maintain constant tension, which I think is fascinating, especially looking at the film. It has a very similar kind of feel. I was nominated for 13. Thirteen Tonys. Um, it was obviously about a girl group, but they in the in the Broadway show they're from Chicago. Um, the, however, they moved them to be from Detroit um, in the film,
2: which makes sense. Which
1: does make sense. Um, they were very clear that it is quote not based on the Supremes. Lol. We all know that's not true. <laughs> um, the original. The so one thing I thought kind of fascinating, which is I think uh, a little bit too. Credit why it is so, uh, was so like perpetually popular, and why it like, like um, the longevity of the music is that they made the decision for the original cast recording to present the complex musical sequences as individual songs.
2: Yes, on the album.
1: Cut out half the score on the album instead of doing it like a Broadway score, which so many Broadway cast recordings do. So it made it more palatable. And it meant that, um, like I am telling, and I'm telling you, I'm not going, um, was like, for example, number one on the R and B charts, it won best vocal performance in the Grammys. The, um, album won best musical album and it was able to be, um, enjoy radio play, which is something that's not normal for Broadway musicals. Yeah. Um, because we had
2: the record at my house, yes. like oh, yeah. the blue cover That's record. Incredible. And like we played that song over and over again. That's amazing. And what was the other one we really liked was, um, we are a family yeah. like <laughs> a giant tree. Yes. Like, like it was just the music. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the
1: music itself is very palatable. Like I I, can, it, I mean, obviously it's based on pop music, right? That's why how it's written is based on pop music. And so the fact that they made the decision to um, – created as like an album instead of like a Broadway soundtrack meant that it had that radio play, it enjoyed that popularity. And it invited
2: people who might not have gone to a Broadway show at the time. If I hear, oh, I hear this on a black radio station, maybe I'll go check this play out. Yeah. You know, like there was disposable income for a lot of African-Americans to go to Broadway theater in the 80s. Like, this is a new time and it's like an invitation to the party that we didn't necessarily have before.
1: That's, yeah, Yeah, that's a really good point. It's like,
2: yeah, like, oh, we, there's shows for us there too, you know, on the Great White Way. So that was a, there weren't that many shows like that
1: at the time. Yeah. And it's funny thinking about it too, that like, I can see having the same feeling or reaction to like a jukebox, jukebox, true jukebox.
0: We are so bad at this. Juke, jukebox. Musical. Music.
1: Excuse me. I can see how that being the kind of like popular reaction to a jukebox musical, um, because it's songs you already know. But what's so impre- amazing about what you're saying is that, like, first of all, it was a it were song. they were songs that you loved with your family, with your sister, and that also that it's something that draw, that the songs were good enough that people wanted to go You'll see it. it yeah, and it wasn't even songs that they already knew. That's amazing. Yes. that's so
0: cool. Definitely, it's interesting. So I I was doing some research about Diana Ross, and obviously, again. This isn't about the Supremes, but Michael Bennett, Harry Krieger, Tom Ian, and the Dream Girls producers denied any connections between the musical's plot and the Supremes' life stories. However, the similarities between the show and the actual life events within the Supremes led many to believe that the creators did actually base the entire thing on the group because, duh, it is widely believed that the producers denied connections in order to avoid lawsuits with Motown, Um, but Diana Ross uh, performed Family in her historic free concert in New York City's Central Park in 1983 even though she was like that's not me but yeah <laughs> i'm going to sing family because uh that's fucking
1: fire well apparently she famously she saw the show the the, the Broadway production and very famously was like it's ridiculous like uh, it's you know it's obviously based on like a false version of me and refused to see the movie so it's so funny that yeah um, and it's interesting
0: they said that Mary Wilson loved Dreamgirls so much that that's why she named her autobiography Dreamgirls My Life After uh, My Life as a Supreme. Like it's so obviously about them, but I guess even the creator um, Tom Iyan denied that he had had the Supremes in mind when he wrote the book for the show. He is quoted as saying in 1986, "I didn't grow up with the Supremes. I grew up with the Shirelles. Dreamgirls isn't about any one group. It's a cavalcade of Black Motown singers, the Shirelles, the Chiffons, Martha and the Vandellas, Little Richard and Stevie Wonder." All these characters are I larger than that life. Too. Yeah. And I think that's that's accurate there were so too. Many it's fun of them. to like pinpoint someone because it's also really easy to say like, Oh, well like Diana Ross was a diva and um what is her name? Um
2: Shirley Ralph
0: or The other woman, Florence Ballard. Yeah, Florence Ballard, yeah. The original. Yeah, exactly. So like that Diana Ross and Florence Ballard had this like very notable, very issue-based experience being in the Supremes and literally plus woman left the band, was filled in by another woman when she was like getting on a plane and they just switched her out for a younger, prettier lady because she was quote unquote difficult. And then she like died before any successes were going to happen. She didn't get that final moment where she gets to sing the song with the women that acknowledged her and like that's pretty heartbreaking and it's a great story to compare with this film but I think it is also to honor this whole world of Motown is is equally as important. It is fun to like pinpoint and a person and a thing but i think it's it's better to make it bigger to make it wider it's the way that like eddie murphy's character is like six different guys yeah and they're all (laughs) fucking great and crazy but it's not just one person it's like he also gets to be different versions of different stars as he moves forward you know he got
2: robbed of the oscar
1: yes he did he
2: what he was awesome in this movie like he could be silly he could be funny but he had like the acting depth of anybody should have he got robbed. That's my opinion. He was
1: such a character.
2: He was. With the Jimmy got soul. Jimmy got soul. Like, that was amazing. Like,
1: oh, was so good. Even, like, I, I think, again, I think about this. I hadn't listened to this soundtrack in so long. And that, that was, like, Make Your Way to the Top. That first song he does. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. So, good.
3: yeah.
0: Oh,
1: so incredible.
0: Yeah, he's very charismatic. You can definitely see why, like, Character-wise, why you would have a, a like a young woman who'd be like enamored with him and oh, would kind yeah. of give up her life yeah, to his him. story? Yeah. Oh. That I think it's interesting because like watching oh, the film, I, like you 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 are so focused on like Effie's experience and you're so focused on Dina's experience, but like it, not that you're not paying attention to the third character, but like you
1: are not paying attention to the third character. Let's be honest, we're not paying attention. You to like you, you, there's it's just
2: recitative, no. You have to love her when she's like um, she has the high version like she's like
1: Effie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when she goes in and she goes, why there's this scene where she's like, I'm a member of this group too. And you're like, wait, Oh, that's yeah, what I, you are. Wait, <laughs> you, I'm talking to you. I'm a member of this group and I don't know what's to do like. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm
2: tired. <laughs> it's like this super soprano out of nowhere. Like, yeah. wow, like, she oh, has okay. a voice.
1: Like, Aniganoni Rose is so good. Like, she's so good. Um, Broadway, Broadway star, Disney princess.
2: Yes. Also, yeah, what an interesting life. She's so
1: amazing. You can tell your story.
2: I'm not. I'm a hater. So. <laughs>
1: Julia, t- Julia, please tell us why you are an Anika Noni Rose hater.
2: No, she's beautiful. Her, she's excellent. I can't... It's just a personal story. Like, she dated an ex-boyfriend of mine, and they lived together in New York. So I secretly was hating a little bit because, like, she was blown up. So, you know. And, and you're like, first of all, you stole my guy, and then you're successful? So, Mm-mm. Yes. Mm-mm. No, we can do it or, one one or the other. Oh, I can't handle like, both. you, Tony and hung
1: out with Oprah?
2: Like... Okay. And now you're a Disney princess? But okay. you, But she had to be a frog half the movie. That's the whole... Other, As thing. A
1: other thing. <laughs> we can talk about that later.
0: We
2: could do a whole episode, a whole episode about episode. my <laughs>
0: feelings about Princess and the Frog.
2: <laughs> right, the one black princess.
3: Yeah. Gotta be, a frog. To be a frog.
2: The whole movie. Anyway. And okay. she had to work.
4: Thirteen years of solid gold platters Rising costs and cocktails Chatter, well,
3: that digs
4: stereophonic sound. Oh, babe, the game of (laughs) hits goes around. And around. Um, but you, can make way
2: you were talking about Tiana Broadway. Well, yeah. just just
3: saying that it's it's really interesting for me
0: at, on a learning curve to, to realize that these Broadway actors have gotten the opportunity to be in major motion pictures, have gotten to be in amazing animated films, and like that although to the layman that just seems like oh they're a Disney princess. Who is even that?
2: Really, they've had these insane careers. No, she had a great career. Like, even she, she started stole
0: your boyfriend. Yeah, she started uh,
2: at ACT. <laughs> And a theater person. So for, for a lot of Broadway people, it's kind of like, okay, great. They found one theater person to put in the movie. A lot of times that doesn't happen. Yeah, Like with Rent and different movies, a yeah, lot of times we, they don't take like real theater all. people to the film version. So that's that was really great that they did something,
1: that. That's something about, we were just talking to this before we started recording about this film in, in general, is that a lot of times with movie musicals that are based on Broadway productions, they put a lot of... Um, they put a lot of emphasis in casting on the name and autotune, of course. And it's, against, it's almost, to me, as someone who just loves theater, so insulting to the artists that, like, if you are a Broadway performer, you don't make any money, and you are expected to be a professional dancer, singer, and actor in everything that you do, and then you just throw these actors that admittedly are really amazing performers on film into essentially a like Broadway production on film and expect them to be as good and then expect us as the audience to like it as much. Or to
2: buy into it when you know. And
1: I will say that Dreamgirls, of anything that I have ever seen, probably with the exception of Chicago... They've hit the mark. They hit the mark because guess what? If you're not going to have all Broadway performers, if you get Anika Noni Rose and Jennifer Hudson and Beyonce, like, fine. I'll, I can buy that. Yeah. Yes. Twist yeah, my like, arm.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. I'll yeah. buy it. If yes. you're gonna, If the
1: people that you're going to choose who are not professional Broadway performers are Jennifer Hudson and Beyonce, like, okay. Yes. Sure. And, like, okay, is Beyonce the greatest actor of all time? Probably not. I don't <gasps> care. It doesn't matter. Shocking. Is Jennifer Hudson the greatest actor of all time? Also,
0: so that's a debate. I will <laughs> say for me as a viewer with no understanding of like their backgrounds or whatever, like I didn't watch American Idol, yes. I don't know anything. I she's incredible. I, I really thought Jennifer right. Hudson did a
2: great job. That uh, song, that number yeah. by herself with the oh. black in the background and oh. that storytelling won her that Oscar. Wait.
1: How many straight scenes does she really have? Let's be honest. Because yes. like I think about even like my personal favorite song from Dream Girls is "Love You I Do." That's my favorite song from the soundtrack. It's so lovely, and it's like I'm, okay, as far as like a production standpoint, all that in the sh- in the actual film, it's not that exciting. It's just I don't so know. It's very earnest and sweet, and it's sweet. she. She sells it because she's just this. She's just like this incredible artist, singer, performer, and she's so happy and she's like living this happy, beautiful dream, singing the song that her brother wrote her in in auto repair shop. Like, yes, it's delightful, and you believe her. I will say that like her actual acting, like I don't know, there's not that much of it. She most most of this movie she sings. Yes, and her vocal performance is so incredible. Yes. She's so good. My personal favorite kind of anecdote about this film and about Jennifer Hudson in general is just that when she was voted off American Idol, Simon Cowell basically told her that she was never going to amount to anything. And then she did this film and won an Oscar. Her first film role ever. Yes. She won an Oscar.
2: So that means don't listen to people who tell you you can't do stuff.
1: That's true. (laughs) And don't, and especially don't listen to Simon Cowell. Right. Moral Well,
2: no. Ew. Yucky.
1: Extra ew.
2: I have a personal friend who also was on American Idol by the name of Frenchie Davis.
1: I remember Frenchie, and Frenchie Davis. And Frenchie
2: auditioned with this song from Dreamgirls and blew everybody away. And Simon Cowell, at the time, they, you know, they booted her off the show. But I think it was because she could sing better than anybody anyway. But they tried to say it was like a sex scandal or anything like that. But she has played this part so many times in so many different regional theaters. And it's just, there's few roles for women like that in anything, so when you can find it, it's just a great black opporti- woman
1: with big, big like voices. emotive voices, yes. and that ha- and that's not like a mammy character or like a well, like a, well, well, you get
0: like the color purple, of the musical, but like sure, of such course. a downer. So, so, <laughs> yeah,
1: and, that's, and that's, yeah, that yeah. Was something we were talking about earlier. Is that there? Okay, every movie, every musical. Like with a primarily black cast, does not have to be about the black experience. This movie is just, just like lovely. It's just fun. It's happy. It's great. I mean, sure. Well, Maybe it's not pro- entirely happy. Well, well but- it's
2: protest music. Yes. So yeah. it is a form like joy as a form of protest.
3: Of course, yes. because
2: Motown was founded as okay, you're not going to let us in. Okay, we're going to do it on our own. And so it's a better. and we're going to do it better. So it's kind of, um, but I hear what you're saying. Like from personal experience, I'm not a singer, but on, so I'll be like, oh, I have to wear the brown dress again in this August Wilson play where like, yeah. oh, I have to be a a dying a- African and if I want, even if I wanted to do freaking, what's the show um, that I think is hilarious, Mor- uh, Book of Mormon?
3: Yeah.
2: Like, it's like, okay, I have to be an African. It will I, be like literally yeah, African. Yeah, African. Yeah. And like, it's really racist, but it's, <laughs> it's like, hilarious.
1: Or you're looking at like, Showboat fences or something something. where you're just like, oh, (laughs) but like dream (laughs) girls, of course, there is a lot of tension. There's a lot. But it's about
2: the story of the people, not the.
1: It's about their talent. Yes. And it's about them fighting for their talent. It's less about, like, I'm going to take on the entire experience of my race. Well, it's
0: a personal tragedy, not a cultural tragedy. You're not focusing on... I mean, like, yes, obviously, like, this story and this musical, like, does focus on the plight of the black person. But the reality is it's it's more focused on these women and their female experience within an industry and the struggles of being a woman... Like, not that they don't need to be black, but it is a woman's story. Like, uh, so much of this is focused on that. universal
2: Universal appeal. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But universal, but culturally specific. Yes. That's what it is. Which is great. Which is great. Like, shows right now, like, Insecure. It's like, every woman has made some stupid decisions in your life. Of course. You can totally relate to it, even though it's totally culturally specific. Yes. But it's absolutely. not... So. Or like,
1: um, I don't know if you guys watch Never Have I Ever. On, yes. It's uh, so funny. It's about a, a woman, an Indian woman and you're... But it's still like, I was an awkward teenager who lost my father. Like I, as much as I do not relate to like... I obviously am not a Southeast Asian person, but her experience, even outside of that, of being like an awkward girl who's trying to like deal with her, the loss of her father is still a universal truth. But I'm grateful that it was, it was somebody who got to tell a story that doesn't get told a lot through a different lens. Yes, exactly. And that's amazing. Like, I, you know, I mean, I could you could say the same thing about dream girls. Yes. In a higher sense, of course. And
2: Broadway is changing now to where... But it's not.
1: (laughs) Well, isn't that so interesting, right?
2: Like you think
0: it's progressive until you realize like,
2: No, no, it's still there. Because right now it's like Motown the musical, which is the same thing. So it's kind of like we get to tell great stories of joy as long as we're singing and dancing. But.
1: Well, it's the same. It's honestly, to me, it ties in with the same thing where it's like Martin Luther King Jr. was peaceful. Like, like, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. And you just get to do that. You just get to say that because he died when he was 38 years old. Like, he was not peaceful. He was not advocating for, like, you know, whatever. But you can say that because it's far enough away and his, his image has been, like, bottled down. And I feel like you could almost say the same thing about the Motown thing where it's like.
2: Well, you know what? A lot of people don't know. All of his speeches. You know who recorded them? Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy. Yeah. So in the movie, they have
1: the whole thing where Jennifer Hudson comes in and she throws down the the Martin Luther King Jr. album. She's like. How did he get it out before me? He doesn't even sing. Right? How do you have an
0: amateur making music when I'm an established person and then like they all freeze and they all kind of look at each other and then she's like, I'm just fucking kidding. <laughs> right. And it's like, that's really interesting. I thought that was super inspiring because it puts an interesting reality to like, not only was Barry Gordy, regardless of like how we're interpreting his character, yes. that he was Heart. able to- really like move forward a movement because he was taking control of black media and pushing it forward, being able to be able to actually record it well and to share it in a way, like not only saying that like, no, we're not just on the R and B charts. We're on the pop charts. We're on regular media, but then to be able to share media of really important people,
2: that's huge. It is. And also like, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say this anyway, but if I'm a racist person in the South and I hear some Motown songs that I love, I'm going to sing and dance to it and I'm going to, it's like a bridging the gap in some ways. Everybody loves Michael Jackson. Everybody loves Stevie Wonder. Like there's this thing that happens with music that you can't. You can't you can't yeah. deny and you can't hate it and if you do you still have to be like oh there's some good singers you know like it's a right. weird bridge that he built through music yeah, absolutely and it's, it's, yeah and
1: you know talking about like Jamie Foxx character and it, it, from from everything we've read it's, it's it's it was a similar reason why Diana Ross became the front woman for the Supremes is because um Dina beyonce's character was Skinny and beautiful and lighter skinned and had a nicer, whiter sounding voice. Yes. And while maybe his character in the movie, who knows? He's a fictional character. Who knows what his motives are? But um, while his character in the movie was saying that it was because it was a business decision, at the end of the day, it did bridge, talking about what you're saying, Julia, bridge that gap where it meant that they're now... um, music made by black people had a wide audience that they never had had before. Yes. And whether that was his intention or not, that's what happened.
0: Well, I think it was – there's a really – it's a pretty quiet moment, but I really – it stuck with me a lot in the film where um, uh, Danny Glover is talking with um, Jamie Foxx and the conversation is about how – it. he's like, I put six months into planning this tour and Jamie Foxx's character is like – That's on the Chitlin circuit. I don't want to do that. Like, he deserves to be better. And Donald Glover's, or Danny Glover's, sorry. I always, that's my own thing. It's, I know that their names are very similar. Pardon me. His character confronts Jamie Foxx being like, oh, so you want him to be able to uh, acclimate to white spaces. And he's like, no, I want him to be able to make the right money that he deserves as a really talented performer. And in order to do that, he has to go to these venues. Those venues happen to be white. And that's why there's that really uncomfortable scene where then they put them in that white nightclub. And then you have like the sort of Don Rickles style character who's like saying pretty racist stuff to introduce a black act. and And it's really shameful. But you also it grounds your reality in like in the time, in the time. And that's really important.
1: Yeah, and my understanding is that that his monologue is almost like word for word, word from a Don Rickles like intro to a that's similar correct. to a similar. It was maybe at the Tropicana Club. Well, it's, he has a
0: live album that says that where yeah, where he's exactly he's yeah. that's his verbatim so jokes, and they're super so hard it's, to it's, stomach. It's, now that's
1: also like talk about and talk about the number of times recently that I felt guilty. That's when I went as soon as I read where it was like this was word for word something that was, and I was like, oh. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Guess what? All of our parents were alive when this happened. This was not that long ago. Right. Um, But can we just talk about how after he introduces them like that and then Beyonce comes out in that blue dress and there's stars in the sky? Well, actually,
0: this is a different sequence, though, because that's so that's the sequence where he tells those jokes is is when and it's a weird sequence and the only reason I'm flagging that is it's that um that Eddie Murphy's character comes out and sings that kind of like romantic song Ruby and then the song, women are yeah. getting kind of uncomfortable and then he kind of pinpoints a white woman in the audience and then she leaves with her husband and then he oh, gets like kind of right. sexual and he's like getting kind of vibed up and that's when they start separating that's at least the, in the story structure that's where they the separate dreamettes the dreamettes from, from the dream. him course, and they yes. and they become their own character you're their right. own yeah, their yeah. own story yeah, yeah. um and
1: then but then that when that's when they axe Jennifer Hudson and they market them as their own group and then they premiere at the same club. Correct. As yes. And then
0: you, yes, England. then you get that damn and blue you dress. Get that.
1: Oh gosh. And the blue <laughs> dress. And I just was like watching it and it was like everything was sparkly. It was so beautiful. pretty.
0: And when they dance. do that beautiful Beyonce side shot, so that pose—you can imagine that a lot of so something that I took away from like the limited amount of research I could do from watching the Broadway show and seeing its translation to screen was like a lot of the dance sequences, like um, the like uh, what's the number? Step
2: into the bad side. Exactly, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Was that's, that's like
0: that's really what they had exactly to exactly do. done in the stage show. Like there's so much of the choreography translates to the film, and that I speak that speaks a lot to like Bill Condon and his like dedication into the translation of the from Movement. film to screen. And like in looking at his career and like his sort of obsession with it. And if you don't know, like Bill Condon's the same director as for Chicago, but he also wrote and directed this film. He didn't just make the film. He like lived this movie. He was obsessed with it. So taking that. He did a great job. I think translate. so. Yeah. 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 He did.
1: And, and, you know, something we've talked about, we talked about before that I thought about even just rewatching it is that the power of this film is the musical numbers of course and of course there are there are scenes in between and all of that but the musical numbers in this every single one are so beautiful and so incredible It's fun. It's and like so fun. fun. It's so yeah. fun. And it's like most of them are presented as performances so it almost makes it better that you get you almost stage get like a on level, stage. Yeah, yeah, you get like a level of like leeway and being like, yeah, it's maybe not going to be this big crazy like you know over-the-top scenic whatever because it's supposed to be a performance, but it means that, A, the performances shine. So something like we were talking about... um with uh, Jennifer Hudson, how she didn't necessarily have tons of experience as an actor, a film actor with this, but she's so, her performance is so gripping, and they gave her the space to do that. We're like, okay, well, if you were a performer performing this live, we would just give you a blank stage. And so that's, what did, so yeah. that's what they did, So they did.
0: Which I think is really, you know, it's interesting. I, I think a lot about the design whenever we're looking at these films, and um, it, at first it's, I struggled with that, the fact that it's like, we're looking at the performer on the stage. Like you, you, a lot of the shots are close-ups. You're not really seeing the environment. You don't really get grounded in the same way as like what using the example of Chicago, where like you're getting this like richness of the scene. You really like see it. Um, But I do think you're right that it makes sense that like you're, you're pulling in on this woman on the performance, on the experience, because it doesn't really matter where they are. The idea is that they outshine their experience, Experience, which I really like, but it is interesting because the design team that surrounded this film is like, they're like the highest level people. Um, The production designer is John uh, Meyer, who, just to name a few of his credits, is Mary Poppins Returns, Nine, Ali, Chicago, The Haunted Mansion, Memoirs of a Geisha, X-Men, and Elizabeth. Like, he designed all of those films, which are, like, gorgeous. His uh, set dresser, who... I didn't realize that this woman has essentially changed my life as a designer. Um, she's done Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, Hail Caesar, August Osage County, True Grit, Dreamgirls, No Country for Old Men, Road to Perdition, um, Big Fish, Starhead, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Forrest Gump, The Hudsucker Proxy. It like just goes on and on wow, and on and on. what a career. <laughs> Insane, right? And then to look at the costume designer, and this is where I wanted to key in a bit more, was her name is uh, Sharon Davis. Yes. And she... I, I don't know a lot about her but in looking at her credits and I don't know if maybe this is like marginalizing her or nothing or or, or not but she has made some of the most iconic black films ever. And I say that specifically because it's um Anton Fisher Beauty Shop, Aquila in the Dream Dreamgirls, The Pursuit of Happiness, 7 Pounds, The Book of Eli, The Help, Django Unchained, The Magnificent 7 and Fences. She did the costume, costume. design for all of those things. So I think there's something really like trusting in this person who can like I mean, looking at the costume design of this film, oh, that's really what you so... see almost out of anything. Because is that's the part way that the
2: they time like that's the storytelling oh, yeah. is the history for sure, and you know that you watch for that a hundred percent, especially in mus- like musicals. The like costume that.
1: design in this movie is amazing out of control
0: yeah I think um, so I think honestly out of watching this whole film like yes it looks good the costumes stand
2: out the uh, most oh I, I love Eddie set. Murphy's scarf on in like the curlers didn't you and, love like, that when he's <laughs> on the bus, bus he has this like little scarf? Tie up. it looks so great because that's so real like Absolutely. he would have that little stupid scarf on and, like, because he has that great pompadour, pompadour. yeah that yeah. was well, the like, detail to like cultural specificness oh yeah and like well, the and, like, wigs are characters oh, the wigs way that they discuss
0: the wigs are characters well and they talk about them in this way that's so interesting i love that they highlight that moment at the beginning where she's they have their wigs and then they look at the other girls and they realize that their store-bought wigs don't look very good so they turn them around and like to think about what that means to be like we have what we have but maybe if we turn we it on it its axis yeah. if do we do like it a it in a different way we can like make a big impact and honestly jennifer hudson looks great when she does that little like tweak and she looks herself in the mirror and is like mm-hmm, yeah i don't but like Even good.
1: like looking at um and obviously, Julia, you could speak to this way more than I could because my only experience with wigs was when you bought it for me.
2: Okay, so let's. This is the sidebar. Please. <laughs> Emily's wedding. She's talking about she needs some um, hair for her extensions because she wants to look like Ariel. You know, she's a Disney princess, and she was about to spend like three or four hundred dollars on some weave. And I was like, "Girl, let me take you to the hood." So
3: <laughs> she took <laughs> I me
1: somewhere in South. Amazing. No,
2: we did not go to downtown LA. We oh. went to Crenshaw and <laughs> yes, yes, like right, Crenshaw right, right. and Adams area. And I was like, okay. And sure. like the back door of this like big wig store. And we found the perfect hair extensions. It was amazing. They were it. like, the color was awesome. And it was only like $100, if that, right?
1: Well, it a little bit sense. more than that. A little but more th- Julia matched my color because I was standing there. And it was like these like very sweet little Chinese women were like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like looking at me and they're looking at Julia. And Julia's like, I'll just do it. Just go away. <laughs> and she just like was like pulling stuff off the shelves, like holding up to my head. It was amazing.
0: Um, and it looked
2: beautiful, by the way.
1: Great. Thank you. Thank but, that's very true.
0: Yeah, but I think there's something so personal about your, I mean, obviously like speaking about women and their hair, regardless of race, like is a very personal thing. Well, the
2: thing that I think where you were going with this is that Hair at that time was a huge deal. Is that where you were going? So uh, when I was going, yeah, where,
1: yes, that's exactly where I was going. Um, more that like I don't feel like I know enough about the but cer- like, you speak you- about it. But what I was going to say was that like, especially as as their careers progress, and you look at the way that um Dina or Beyonce's care let's just call them who they are, Beyonce and Jennifer Hudson. The way that, Beyonce, the way that Beyonce's Her hair got lighter and blonder. It's very relaxed, like, very lax, very long. She's the, the weak, whatever. Be, but it gets flatter, too. It
2: straighter.
1: And Jennifer Hudson just goes more natural as she's like owning her talent and like she's like owning the soul sound and then but as Beyonce's character is like, getting, like, going like going more mainstream almost. And I thought that was so interesting that they make that so clear. And even in the very end when they come out and they do their, like, last goodbye thing and Beyonce's got this, like, beautiful, perfect quaff like and Jennifer Hudson still comes out with a fro. So here's a question kind of within
0: that idea, right? And just to pose it to you, so especially with that conversation between one night only Jennifer Hudson's beautiful song. And then the subsequent disco remix in that disco remix, that's the only moment where Beyonce has a full, beautiful, gigantic crimped hair. It's big. It is light for sure, but it is a more that natural is look. Because that was the style for sure, of but like, I do wonder black if is there's... proud.
2: Black is beautiful. Like people were playing into that after the sixties, it was like a cultural revolution that they don't talk about as you expressed it through the wigs that they, they tell the story of the time passage. Absolutely. So, but do you
0: wonder if maybe there's also something maybe, and maybe this is almost pulling too much at like the thread of the story, but like to take her natural hair and then to have Beyonce in the sense of stealing the song that she's also so then stealing, leaning into the yes. idea of this like yeah. hair story. Yeah. I wonder, cause I that's what, the only
2: time that you see her more with natural hair on yeah. her than it is. On but it. you know what, but there's, if you look right now, there's nothing different. Like, think about what Cardi B looks like right yeah. now. Like, what does she stand for? But what does she That's look like? That's very true. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. But think about Beyonce at Super Bowl. Was that Super Bowl? Yeah. Like, she has all... Behind her, she has, like, all these dark-skinned women in their Black Panther stuff with their Afro puffs and stuff. But she's still blonde. Her homecoming yeah. Right, from home, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Huh,
1: Gabe, this is just... I laughed so hard. So, Jeff has not... We're going to get to our Jeff review as every... every the much awaited Jeff can i just view.
2: say i'm genuinely just enjoying talking to you guys i'm so glad that you invited me to come We're in glad to have you. You honestly have such, you
1: know more than us and
2: no it's just, no you did this good is you did so good on the hair fun. stuff did yeah. the hair?
1: Yeah. I, I clocked it i was like oh, oh yes. look at her natural hair that's a thing i think <laughs> but i only can say that because i know julia though i feel like i can't claim credit for that like julia taught me oh so God. much about wigs and uh, you would like, literally
2: know because you've had it in your hair. If you didn't know, yeah, I wouldn't you, know. No,
1: yeah. um, anyway, so Jeff, God bless him. Jeff, first of all, apparently had never heard of this movie. Oh, what? Jeff. And then he watched the first number with me, um, and then disappeared to play a game about tanks blowing up. I don't know. Um, but he comes out to get water during <laughs> we, during Beyonce singing "Listen," and he goes, "See, look, there she is, no wig." No makeup. And I was like, I'm sorry, Jeff, do you think that that's Beyonce's natural hair? or like, long flowing, like, to her waist? Like, what the, I was like, you don't, are what did you just say? And he's like, she, look at her, she looks so great, she's not wearing a wig. I was like, baby, that's a, that's a wig. You
0: gotta love what white dudes flex on. So
1: funny. Oh my God, it made me laugh so hard that he thought that, like, Beyonce singing "Listen" was her her like natural, natural hair and natural skin. I was like, nah, bitch. No,
2: nah. no, no, no. I'm like,
1: I, I woke up like this. <laughs> <I love> this. <laughs> I woke up like this. Oh no, she did. Oh, so good.
3: Oh, that's awesome. Um,
0: the only other person I really kind of want to highlight, which we've already talked about, is Will Condon. And something that I thought was sort of interesting about him was that he doesn't actually have, like, besides his movie musicals, he has like, a pretty terrible list of credits. I mean, some of them are good; some of them are won awards, like Kinsey won awards. But also, like, do not forget that he did Breaking Dawn one and two for the Twilight series. Um,
1: I'm sorry, Maddie, what were you saying about them being terrible? Can you you want not to say this it. to my face, Maddie? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't I'm like kidding, those? Kidding. Hey, well. They're not good. They're not good, Julia. They're not good. I haven't
2: seen them, so I don't know.
1: I was... This is an admission that I should not make on recording, but I was a Twihard Mm -mm. in my youth. I loved those books so much. I'm not surprised at all. I saw every single one on a midnight show. That is
2: kitty porn.
1: I don't care what anybody says. I saw Breaking Dawn, or no, what was the... I don't know, whatever the the I don't even remember anymore. I think I saw New Moon, maybe was it was. I saw it twelve times in theaters. I paid money. Twelve times. Twelve times.
0: It's okay. My admission, not for that, but I saw the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie that many times yeah. in the theaters. That but was I was good also though. a little fucking kid. Um and Johnny Depp is very handsome. Mega babe. Super cool. Um, Anyway, so... Well, he's also... God
1: bless you, Bill King.
0: No, it's funny. It's just, it's weird when you think about someone's career like that, especially reading like the description of the other designers that were on this movie. The only other thing that he did, which is also like very admonished by most people is um, is Beauty and the Beast from 2017.
1: Oh, the Disney one.
0: Correct. Yeah. Not great. But it's funny. So before 1998, his credits are almost exclusively TV movies that are horror. Yeah. Like Mm. pretty bad. But... In a pretty interesting interview that I listened to um, with a Vegas film critic whose name is Jeffrey K. Howard, who's uh, a YouTube interviewer, Um, but he asked him, like, how do you go from making horror movies to musicals? Because that's, like, a pretty weird transition. And Bill Condon said, the thing that connects with musicals, uh, horror is hugely dependent on music, on the movement of the camera, on giving you a sense of being transported and lulled almost into a sense of safety and then puncturing that. Musicals, too – They're heightened. That's the thing that's so great about them. They take emotions and they let it explode through song. The way that you explode in a horror movie through a screen. So when a scare would happen in a theater and the theater would erupt, it's the same thing that happens when a musical, when they see a really great number, people just go wild. I think that visceral thing is what excites me. And Apparently, he also wrote the screenplay for The Greatest Showman, oh, wow. which is weird because like he didn't Showman direct was it. Great. But like, it seems like his interests lie in this very specific, hyper,
2: sort of surreal, saturated, weird, weird I was, world. Like,
1: very poppy. Yeah, but
2: very pop. Yeah, very pop. Well, sometimes I mean, you have to remember you can. I, I remind people of this a lot. Sometimes we forget. We think a lot of times that these people have choices on the projects that they're able so to true. do. Like you can want to do something like. Actors don't say, oh, they always play that. No, that's what they get pigeonholed into. Or if somebody does a great horror movie, that's what people will hire them to do. And if they say, hey, or they meet someone in a different, feel that's usually how you know how it is like oh I saw them do this so maybe they can come in on this project with me you kind of get put into what you can do so it's so true yeah
0: but I think maybe that's why it's interesting to think about him going from like horror to musical yeah because that's a pretty big shift but maybe then it isn't if you think about like hyper intense Realism. experiences for anybody like to watch a musical a lot of people have a pretty weird reaction to it they love it or they hate it that's Correct. the reaction
1: I
3: that, yeah that I think
1: that hearing it Describe that way is so fascinating because we've talked about this before that like um, there's this, the, the idea of the modern musical is that when they, they feel so much emotion, that they, or when they're, they're, the height of an, any emotion comes out in song. Yes. Um. And the fact, the, the idea of like horror movie being that the height of that emotion is punctured by the music versus like, oh, the musical's almost the opposite. It kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it actually. does. I think that so. Like, in a traditional just like straight drama the height of that height of that emotion has to be dispersed within the viewer Versus with a musical, the height of that emotion, you get to disperse it with the music. And that it's, like, more cathartic, and that's part of the reason why people love horror movies in the same way that they love musicals, is that you get that physical release with that experience. And that's fascinating to think of a musical director that also does horror. That's, like, really, really interesting. I never thought about it that way. Totally.
2: The only horror musicals I can think of is, like, Sweeney Todd and, like...
1: That's, the music, that, maybe, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them actually. There's like a really interesting well,
2: there's Repo stuff. the Genetic Opera, which is fucking
1: which is terrible. is the one about all the serial killer with the one oh, what's it called? Um, there's one that's about it's like a weird montage musical that's about like the guy or about Lee Harvey Oswald and um, uh, was it Bloody
2: Bloody Andrew Jackson?
1: I don't know what's um, you got and, me, I don't know, and about um, the Jodie Foster, uh, stalker, and about um. Squeaky.
2: Was it on, on from, Broadway?
1: From... Yeah, it was a Broadway a Broadway musical. Hold
2: on. You'll have to look it up because oh, I don't know. Other than Heathers. Like, what is that? Well,
1: Heathers is great, too.
2: <laughs> they did Heathers on Broadway. That's whatever. true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen it. Okay, this is completely off. T- well, not completely off. T- I listened to the music of A Strange Loop. Have you guys listened to that? No. Oh, it is so good. It is so good. What's, I was wondering it why it won a Tony and I had never heard of it or seen it. And maybe I was behind but it's a guy who worked as an usher, like he went to NYU for playwriting and musical theater, but ended up being an usher at the Lion King. And like, <laughs> have you heard about
1: this? Sorry, no, I just figured out what it is. It's Assassins. Yeah. Assassins. It's a, song. Assassins. It's a song. Okay. musical.
2: Assassins. I have heard of this, but I, I did not know it. what it was. Yeah.
1: Anyway.
2: Well, anyway, if you can, it's a great, like, progress has been made, this musical, A Strange Loop, with this black Gay guy is like telling his story and creates his own musical where he is an usher in the Broadway. It's like the loop is the play, the musical is him being an usher, trying to write a musical and getting on Broadway for himself. And then he has to make a Tyler Perry play. (laughs) Oh <laughs> and he has God. a song, like, about how he hates Tyler Perry, and then, like, the ancestors come back to life. Oh my God. And, like, tell him, like, it's great. It just, uh, incredible. It's just, it's incredible. And I was like, why? It was like, I read that it won a Pulitzer. And I was like, what is this musical that won a Pulitzer this year? And nobody had really heard about it outside of New York. And it's called A Strange Loop, so if you want to get like, with that, made of a giant leap. I'm it's that show.
3: Every man has his own special dream, and your dream's just about to come true. Life's not as bad as it may seem, if you open your eyes to what's in front of you, we're dream Dreamgirls. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, a and,
1: you know, as I think we've kind of mentioned so far. changes and how she kind of got done dirty but how i feel like at the end of the day she comes out as like the most authentic the, the, the like the best character i think at the end of the day going from you know getting kicked out of the group essentially ostensibly because she was too difficult and too big but real really because beyonce was a more palatable version um and then, you know, she kind of obviously goes through a rough time because she has a baby and she's not working. And then she has her own kind of cultural renaissance, but like on her own terms. Yeah. Um, with I her do own think we style. But
0: I also think that there's a whole other aspect with the male characters of this. That's film, what I was thinking. Which like, I don't
2: I don't want to leave behind. Of course, of course. But no, but that but the I was thinking because I, I didn't watch it as recently as you did, but I just remembered that it's about control like controlling women's bodies, voices, ideas, minds.
0: Well, I think, or even just controlling people, because you have to remember too that like the Curtis character is also really controlling Controlled by this yeah.
2: um uh the Eddie Murphy character yeah.
0: and his his like uh dynamic, his presentation, oh you fit into this one model, yeah. we wanna do this, we wanna actually change our sound. We wanna talk about the politics of the time. It's not going to sell. Yes. I don't like your shirt. I don't like your message. Change yes. them both. Like, you know, and that that's really interesting because it's, it's yes, this is so much of a woman's story. But I I actually really like the male characters in this film, especially Eddie Murphy's character, because mm-hmm. he's very tragic. I mean, yes. he's yes. the only character that dies. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is its own thing. It's a little bit hard to stomach with like, oh, so he turns to drugs. Like, classic. Well, but- so
1: in the Broadway production, by the way, he does not die. He just sort he, of doesn't
0: he just disappears, he just right? He sort of
1: disappears like he sort of just like gets written out of the story. Um it definitely is more dramatic that he dies, but even you talk about that level that that story of control his the the thing a thing that I kind of think I didn't realize at the time watching it rewatching it this time that Anika Noni well all, all three of them are the women yes. are supposed to be like 18 years old. Yeah, they were and very the they were girls. They weren't they were literally little girls. like teenagers and that when he meets her, he's probably in his 30s, maybe 40s, and that he's preying on this like actual innocent. teenager, very innocent girl. They make it very clear that he takes her virginity and she has a relationship with him, even though he's married. She says for eight, eight years. years. And so it's like talking about control. It's like he has this girl who's so naive. She's from, you know, she's from the projects, she's new in the industry, and he preys on her and he preys on her in a way that she is willing to put up with that for eight years. Um, when he's still married to someone else and he's a, and he's obviously using, and he's obviously being not, it's it's a very toxic situation. Mm -hmm. Um, that's so sad. I don't think I realized how young they were supposed to be. And you could kind of say the same thing as much as Effie, like, knows what she's about. She was probably roughly the same age when she was in a relationship with Curtis and has a baby, and she, like, runs away. Like, And even even Dina, Beyonce's character- They were all they, young. They end yeah. up getting married. She was probably so much younger than him. And it's, like, talk about control and, you know, that kind of, like, predatory behavior.
2: That's because- I, I, Maybe I'm going off of the- a little bit, but in that other documentary, what is it? The Standing in the Shadow- uh, Oh, 20 Feet from, from stardom, stardom. How he took the, a lot of music- People, he's in jail now. That guy who uh was in charge of Darla Love's uh, yes, uh, what's his name, Darlene Love? Um, Darlene Love, uh, what was his name? Because she was really young when she did all of those songs, and he just kind of stole her life from her.
0: Yeah, I don't remember his name, but it's a really interesting topic. I mean, so uh, just to kind of tie in what we're talking about, so there's another documentary called The 20 Feet from Stardom, which is highlighting all of these women who have been behind the scenes or rather. Background singers. Background singers on stage, very prolific. And, I mean, as an example, think of – give me shelter. Like the woman singing in that song is iconic, but do you know her name? No, you don't. But in this documentary, they talk about those women. This is a really great example of like that translation into Dream Girls, where these women start in that space of like a lack of power, but are so talented that then by proxy, they become their own Ooh, agencies. But then, yeah. then it tears them apart. And then it also puts these women, specifically Dina's character, into this really confusing space and then eventually she wants to expand into like oh I'm an actress I want to explore this I want to make this type of music but she's not allowed or she doesn't know how to advocate for herself and then she learns of that Uh, I guess, sort of betrayal and then separates herself from it. But that's almost the very end of the movie. So you don't really get a lot of justice in her final separation from her controller. And I, I wish that there was a bit more justice there. I know that like at the end, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but that, that end moment where like, you know, they're all singing and it's so glorious and her little daughter, Effie's daughter is sitting in the front row and she's singing to her daughter and her daughter's crying and it's so sweet. But, There's that moment where, like, uh, Curtis realizes that that's her kid and he, like, his kid and he comes down to the floor and he, like, stands next to her and, like, kind of grabs her and it's like, dude, you really didn't think about this?
1: Well, also, I I remember seeing this movie when I was, when it first came out being like, that was cheesy as fuck. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, that's honestly my guess is. That's how the reveal happened on stage, which works on stage. Oh. It does not work on film. It's more like
0: emotionally implied when it's on a stage yeah. show. Because it's like, this is, we're implying this whole well, deep thing. Well, it's like, thing. also you're, yeah.
1: you're in a, on stage, you have probably max like 10, 15 people. And it's like, maybe they have this girl and he sees her across stage and he walks over and he grabs her and sees her and realizes. And you're like, oh, lighting change. She realizes it's this kid. Yeah. And I like they try to do the exact same thing and you're just like, what? You're like, like It wait, was so weird. I agree. I yeah. agree that the moment was very odd.
0: That's that's the only thing I really struggle with. This film is is like the character development feels a little bit empty, and then subsequently the stakes feel less heightened because you're like, wait. But like you really didn't ever talk to that woman again. She was your employee, and she was involved in your career. And then she just walked away, and you were like, "Guess she
3: disappeared."
1: Well, my one, my thing was the brother. Same, like, presumably yeah. Presumably, her brother, who was CC C- White, the, right? so- the songwriter, the songwriter. Yeah. Presumably, her brother knew about the kid, right? Even though they didn't speak, and they made the it right? clear that she hadn't spoke to him. He kept trying to send her money, and I was like, "This, this bitch has been working for this guy for." Ten years, and he never said anything about like, oh, by the way, my sister has your baby. Like, okay, so I don't let's know. let's speak
2: to Please. the yeah. source. This yeah. is okay. How many kids does Barry Goldie have with how many eight. women who work for moretown More than like six to eight that we know I, about. I, I know he is,
0: like on record, he has eight children, and one of them is with Diana Ross, although legally
2: he's not listed as that child's father. Right.
1: Really? Yes. Yeah.
2: It's a different person. So, you know, that speaks to the the rock and roll in the music industry. Yeah, I guess
1: that's true. You know,
2: which is horrible. Just and, like, but it's, that's the reality of the time and too. And she, women were shunned just, away from people and sent to live with their cousins in the other states. And, and if like, she
1: went back to Detroit and they were living in, in, in LA, I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. He but says that, married
0: and divorced three times but has eight children.
2: So I think as hard as it is, it's kind of, like I said, the rock and roll style of men in the music industry. I find that believable. <laughs> I mean, let's, if we talk about, we talked about Barry Gordy does have a ton of kids. And I think that was kind of a hint to that kind of womanizing.
0: Yeah. And And maybe the
2: arrogance of his like character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, think of the time period and where these people were and like, yeah, even now, if you look at like, Led Zeppelin, it's the same thing.
0: That's true. <laughs> yeah, That's it's true. like the,
2: the you know, there was probably people from all over. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and even they, t- it's it, it's interesting thinking about it in that perspective when there's the scene when um, Beyonce's like, I want to have your baby. And he's like, no, because you're my, you're my like me ticket essentially. Yeah. You're my product. And he's so, and it's interesting looking at it in that respect where it's like, oh, no, 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 you can't, you can't have, like, we don't, we don't have a real relationship. You are my, you are the thing that I'm marketing. Yeah. Even though they're willing to just, like, have a billion babies
3: (laughs) with.
0: I found that to be, like, so painful, that sequence. I mean, not only what we were joking about previously about that, like, having sex in front of a giant picture of yourself. (laughs) That's very surreal. But that musical number, um, What song is
2: that? Uh... But I also think that speaks to like um, worship, how we like put women, literally put women on, on pedestals, pedestals. Yeah. and then you're not a real person anymore. You're like an icon, you're a thing, you're a statue. Is it when I first saw you? Yes. yes. When I first saw, it's not about it's- when I first met you, when I first talked to you, it's when I first saw you. It's like the ideal of yeah. this is a dream person that I can, you know, it's not about and, and I think fully that
1: actually really speaks to, so after Dina gets fam- super famous, And is like the, you know, is the Diana Ross. She's the, is the face. They, in their house, in their office, they have these like colossal pictures of her everywhere. (laughs) And it is so true. It's like talking talking about putting her on a pedestal or like making her like an object. That's the perfect example. It's like, of course she's beautiful. But like, he literally makes her her an art, a piece of art.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's so much, the, the parallels with Diana Ross- and the second half of this story, you know, either Act Two of the stage show or the film, like Diana Ross's life got so interesting when she's separated from the Supremes, and like some of the work that she was doing, where you know she d- does this, she pushes, she really wants to do this biopic about Billie Holiday, and yeah, then she Lady does it the blues. exactly, and then and then doing Mahogany, and um, that kind of correlation in this story where they're putting her, like she she wants to act, in, I guess this gritty story, but then they want to put her in the Cleopatra thing, and. And and her like dissatisfaction with the idea of like playing the wrong age bracket and it's not really for her. And people are kind of making fun of like that that weird situation where she's having the conversation with the executives and how they're like judging her and him and they're kind of baiting her.
3: Yeah.
0: I don't know, it's it's very uncomfortable. And I you really feel for her in that situation. You realize that like she's never really had much control. Yeah. But that musical sequence with Jimmy, um or sorry with with Curtis where he's where he's singing to her like it is really romantic in this way, but then you also like kind of backtrack to the beginning of the show where you remember like she's a kid. he was genuinely with Effie though, yeah, like very sweetly and like like I love you, I do like that that whole situation like all of that is very romantic. To think about that betrayal on like that deep level, that very like not only like yes, th- is there like a woman took another woman's man sort of, but the reality of it is that that man played both of them, yes, and it was really dark. And I, that I think that affected that's, me. That's
1: talking about like the 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 plotline of the story, and the thing is that like re- realistically, if you look at it on face value, you could make Dina into the villain. Yes. Like, she could be the villain, but she doesn't present that way at all. She really presents, like, as just as much of a victim, if not more so. Because, like, she's naive and she doesn't know any better and she doesn't... She just, like, lets him sweep her away. Yeah. She doesn't realize, obviously, that he's stealing the music from um, Effie. Like, when Effie has her big, like, kind of, like, renaissance and, and, and records this beautiful song, she doesn't realize that it's stolen. Of course, that's, like, a part of it. But I really do feel like like, on face value, you could make her into the bad guy, and she's not. Yes. And, like, you know, you're talking about how you want her to have that moment. For me, or the moment of, like, um, redemption, and it's not enough. I, I completely agree with you. But I think that the the biggest moment of redemption is when she does listen
3: and they like added that song. That moment. song
1: wasn't yeah. in the original Broadway show.
2: But they, do you feel like it adds something? Because I do. I th- I mean, if you have Beyonce, you want to use her in a way and show off a great song. So I think the um, addition- I don't
1: think we've mentioned this yet, but my per- one of my personal favorite moments of this entire movie is when uh, Dina's mother is like, you know, I never thought of my- I love my daughter, but I never thought she had much of a voice and it's fucking Beyonce. And you're like, okay. <laughs> but yes, I completely agree. I think that that- I think that is her, like, that is the mo- her moment as her character is that song. I think, you know, you could talk about her acting, yeah. being meh all you want. But I do think that her work in that song is really... Really well. You talk about the emotive quality and the storytelling of a song. I think she does a really incredible job with that song.
2: Yes. And it was added, and I think it was a good addition. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's interesting. The The thinking more about the Curtis character and like his correlations to Barry Gordy. I know we've talked about it a lot, um, but I did, I did like that. Um, so the Jimmy early character is based on like a number of people, but yes. one of the people that they focus on is Smokey Robinson. Like he's one of the archetypes that's that he's based on. And it said that Smokey Robinson was like pretty offended with the way that they presented the Jimmy, um, the, the way they presented the Curtis character, because he didn't feel like that whole, the, the whole like payola scheme, like getting money from the mob was very, was very appropriate. Um, and he expressed that he was offended, um, like kind of multiple times publicly. And it, it took until, um, on a, a, a week before the Oscars ceremony, DreamWorks and Paramount issued a public apology to Barry Gordy and like Motown being like, we that wasn't cool like we really shouldn't have spoken about you in that way but they do like there is like a like litigation surrounding the fact that he received mafia money and like did a lot of dirty uh, underhanded dealing stuff but then again it's also tying back into like but that's the
2: music business that's the music business and And there's a when you're already marginalized yeah you're already marginalized you can't get the money you have to do what you got to do well that was (laughs) the
1: part that like that's not even the part where i'm like oh that guy sucks because like yeah he was kept saying it's like I, you got to you gotta spend money to make money. You got to spend money to make them play our music. They won't play our music otherwise. Where the fuck am I going to money? Okay, yeah. I guess I'm going to go in on the mob. Yeah. Like, that's the part where I'm like, yeah okay. If we're not giving like we like no one's giving you a seat at the table, you got to take it. Yeah, and that's where I'm like more fine with it. That's not even that's not the part I would have. If I were him, that's not the part I would have been mad yeah, at. But yeah, the part I would have been mad at was it made it look like an abusive dick. That's, and, like, the, yeah, the but I think that's fine. I think no, that's That speaks again man, to yeah. the
2: business side of things. Yes, yes like you want to keep this image. It's still about preserving the image of yeah. this whatever that is. Yeah, but think about it. Nothing has changed. Not- How do we have Jay-Z today?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, he
0: started by dealing crack and now he's like the biggest music mogul and
2: is a a mega billionaire. Yes. And
1: guess what? He's married to
2: Beyonce. That's why I brought it up. Of course. And because there is no like, there is no, oh, let me borrow this money from dad to- start yeah. my record label. Yes,
3: of course.
2: Or like, yes. I don't have a recording Where are studio. are going to get the money? Yes. Yeah, of So course. it's like you have to, sometimes you have to be resourced. Not that he's not a genius, but you have to start from you somewhere. You know? I think you're correct.
1: You can make the same yeah. argument about Curtis though. It's like, he saw what needed to happen to make these artists marketable to make money. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's a genius, and it's like, yeah, if you don't have mommy and daddy's money to pull on, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I and, totally get that. Yeah. yeah,
0: there's a really amazing documentary about Quincy Jones's life. Oh, it's it's done so by Rashida good. Jones, I would it highly is recommend so it. Good. If, I yeah, mean, I've it's watched. Just it. so strong, it but is it's
2: some of the similar. Exactly, things. that's yeah. why I brought it up because
0: I think there's so much intrigue in like this man changed music. There's just no two ways about it. Like yes. his influence in recording styles he and like the people they worked lot. with. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's a it's a woman telling a story about her father. Her father just happens to be Quincy Jones. Um, but there is like a very obvious nature of like he's not a good man a lot of the time. Because when you're that huge, when you have that much weight on your shoulders, when you're trying to progress the history of what you believe in, you're gonna kind of do you are dealing with the devil a little bit. Well, that's like
1: when they say that there's no such thing as a good billionaire. Like, you there can't be. There are billionaires that do good things, but you know they're inevitably in some time in their past to get to that point. Unless you inherited one hundred percent of your money, you did something underhanded and dirty. Probably like, money
0: is a pretty dirty game. Yeah. Um, there's
1: and Quincy a little- Jones is
2: um, again a lot of kids and a lot of wives. I think, like I said at the You're end, there like they all lived together in one he house. Has a lot, a of lot of kids. Yeah. yeah. And like from Switzerland to L.A., so. But his all of his children are still in the music business as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like he was a genius and all of these men were geniuses creatively. And the melding of that, I don't know, it, I just thought it's great. It's, they're great stories and it's a time in history, Motown, Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, all of that was just created a big part of American history. And, I think so, absolutely. And I, and I think that's why we love it so much and maybe
0: that's why it's so difficult to like you know it's easy to make things black and white like he's the bad guy and they're good it's like well but actually we're we're dealing with such a gray area of like he also did huge things but maybe not in the best way and so it's a softer thing um here's a little clip from motown uh has a obviously motown records has a website um and they made a statement at their 60 year anniversary and i'll just read it here because i thought it was really nice As an irresistible force of social and cultural change, Barry Gordy's legendary Motown made its mark not... Uh, not just on the music industry, but society at large, with a sound that has become one of the most significant musical accomplishments and stunning success stories of the 20th century. Their music communicated and brought together a racially divided country and segregated society around the world, touching all people of all ages and races. No other record company in history has exerted such an enormous influence on both the style and substance of popular music and culture, with more than 180 number one hits uh, worldwide and counting, that influence is still being felt today from pop to hip-hop. Yep,
2: that says it all. Right? Yeah,
1: that really does. And I am telling you
3: I'm not going away. You're the best man I'll ever know There's no way I can ever go No, no, there's no way no. Gonna be free I'm staying I'm and you and you You're gonna love me oh, oh, oh. So gonna we're gonna
1: um start our favorite segment the Jeff review or Jeff Jeffy does reviews, whatever it is that he says. Um, but this time we thought we would do something fun. So Jeff, apparently before yesterday, didn't even know that this movie exists. He exclaimed very loudly when I just when he discovered that Eddie Murphy was in it. Um, so he has seen he saw, he watched the first five minutes with me, and then, you know, display disappeared to play video games or whatever. So I thought for it would be fun for the Jeff review this time that we're gonna show him. Both versions of One Night Only. So the version that's the Effie version that's, like, the true, like, you know, soulful, supposed to be the, like, true music version. And then we're going to play him the Beyonce disco version and see what he has to say. Awesome. Excited. Can't wait. Okay, Jeff. um, What did you think? Tell us your, what are your initial impressions of the movie, of the songs we showed you? Um, please ignore anything that I've said about Beyonce in the past 45 seconds.
4: Well, after your uh, short tirade of which one you thought was better, it was hard for me to obviously come up with a objective answer, which we all know is the epitome (laughs) of what I have as objective. Um, But yeah, I will say the showmanship of the Beyonce performance, obviously, is like, I would rather go to that concert than sit in, like, a nice, don't get me wrong, the, the Jennifer Hudson's experience would be uh, sitting in a beautiful velvet theater chair, sipping a nice cocktail, you know, maybe sitting across from from my my beautiful wife, you know, like, holding her hand and just, like, you know, sometimes gazing into her eyes every once in a while, but just, like, really nice and, like, sensual and like uh, it's like smooth you know but then man if you just want to like drop some molly and go all out like you're obviously gonna go to beyonce's concert uh not that i would have any idea what that even feels like i have no clue um the the beyonce version was by far the better showman by far the better showmanship also just like Look, I'm kind of with Jamie Foxx. Business is business. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's how business works. Whoever can put it out a little bit better, I don't know. Like, hey, hey, if it sells, it sells. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about selling. Yeah.
0: What do you say if Jamie Foxx had also betrayed that woman previously, perhaps in a sexual way?
4: <sighs> well, context, damn it. Uh, I mean that, but the Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson. Oh, so betrayed twice. Uh huh. Oof.
1: Yeah. He also, um, not only betrayed her in a sexual, we're just, yeah. Not only betrayed her in a sexual way, but also kicked her out of the music group that launched the rest of them into Mm, stellar fame, mm, mm, um, mm -hmm. while she was pregnant with his
4: child. Okay. All right. Well. So Alright, where does Eddie Murphy lie in all this? He's
1: dead. <laughs> that was his funeral. It was his funeral that we watched. Damn it. He OD'd on heroin. Because guess what? Jamie Fox
4: betrayed him.
2: You should let him watch that part. Man, I don't man,
4: Jamie Fox. <laughs> listen, all the dude wants to do is sip sip some sip some drink and like hang out. You know what I'm saying? That's, Do we? No, yeah. No, no, you're right. He's okay, so so he's a bit of a dick in this movie. Yes. Uh, I should probably watch it. Uh but
1: Oh no, the, it's better when you don't.
4: <laughs> yeah. But uh from from the scenes, uh so so in that context of the movie, I'm generally one for fighting for the underdog. And so especially with the Jennifer Hudson mix, it's like it's like the artistic version. It's it's you know, it's this like same thing of you know, like people that have like done theater. You know, and versus like the people that just like come out of their psych degree, being like, "Cool, I'm going to go be a movie star now." And it's like, you know, the people that have done the Shakespeare, the Chekhov in the world, um, you know, they've learned the art, the craft of acting. Um, whereas, you know, there are some people, there are some people who are very famous who have gotten away with just getting straight to fame.
1: Jeff, would you say that Beyonce is the coming out of her psych degree in this scenario? Beyonce (laughs) Knowles-Carter is the one in the scenario that you're saying
4: came out of her psych degree to fame? Listen, listen. the character she's playing maybe might have did something Mm. like that.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: But she likes, but she looks good in that sparkly jumpsuit,
1: doesn't she? Though she, does. Yes. she looks so. Good. I see why
4: you guys
2: are married. You both have such an affinity for that sparkly jumpsuit. Sparkly I love jumpsuit. the
1: sparkly jumpsuit. I just love Beyonce so much. I have a really hard time talking about her objectively, ever. Um, so. OK, just in the context of that little um, snippet that you saw, what what would you, what do you think of like kind of like the overall like character and the, the little bit that we've revealed to you? What would you what do you think of like what do you think is like the the primary like kind of um, tension in the film or what is the like overall care? Like what do you think that the, those characters interaction is overall? What would you see in that?
4: Uh, I think since I saw a little bit of the beginning the other night as well. I think it's a a classic story of uh, a strong group, and two of them want to quote unquote sell out, but one of them wants to like keep the passion and keep the art alive, and 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 stay stay on the like high road, if you will. Um, and then uh, I guess there's this really bad character, Jamie Fox. Who is a used car salesman? From what I just heard, wow, that's that's a reveal. Um, and uh, he uh, and and he's the catalyst for making the. So do the other two sell out? Was the other was the other? One, where was the third? Do you want one? me to know? Do you want to know? Uh, sh- uh, sure.
1: So basically, they don't sell out. What <laughs> no, ha- what no. happens is, yeah. Jamie Foxx decides that Beyonce should be the lead singer instead of Jennifer Hudson, even though Jennifer Hudson is a better vocalist. Um, he thinks that she would be more marketable to white audiences. And then he kicks her out of the group because she's, quote, too difficult. Uh, so, and then she, but well, at the then, time she's pregnant then, with his baby. And th-
4: so then that means that the other two should stick up for their friend who they originally, and so they essentially sell out because. Gosh
1: darn right, Jeffrey.
4: Yeah. There you know, go. I, there you
2: go.
1: I
4: support the little guy.
2: But sellout music sells.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's they made true. money. They were really rich. That's true. And Jennifer Hudson and they get was to like, wear, like, in like an unemployment. And they get to wear sparkly jumpsuits. And they get to wear jo- sparkly jumpsuits. I don't think that Jennifer Hudson ever gets to wear a sparkly jumpsuit no. in this movie. That wig,
2: man. Maybe I should rethink what I said earlier about the wigs. Because <laughs> those little Afro wigs. <laughs> those are really
1: bad wigs. I thought that too. That but really they did
2: silly. tell a story though. They did tell a very good yeah. story. That's
1: true. Yeah journey of wigs. So Jeff, um, any any yeah. final thoughts, any thoughts about the bits that you saw? Any like do you want to watch the rest of this movie? What do you feel about Eddie Murphy? Like what are your feelings right now? I mean,
4: the star power in this film is incredible. It's it's Was that shocking to you? It was a little bit. Had you ever I, heard of this movie before? Look, here no. Look, here's the deal. I with the whole movie musical thing, which I understand is, you know, kind of what we're doing here and, you know, what 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 all this is about. Uh, which is great. I I guess I just didn't realize, not being a musical guy, that these famous repuls- people did
1: movie musicals. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. I uh, that's kind of been a realization as of late. And like you know, I appreciate like seeing like the like the occasional like A list star on like a good Shakespeare film. I didn't realize that they also sang and danced. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, also, I would just like to say. The backup dancing men in Beyonce's performance. Whew, those a plus. Guys
0: were, Where's their Oscar?
4: A plus. Yeah. yeah where? Where saying. is their Oscar? Let's get the extras union in here that doesn't exist, and the take the extras
1: care. Oscars that also don't exist. Correct.
4: Yeah. 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 yeah and we'll like give
1: them way. a lifetime achievement award.
0: Jeff, if you had the opportunity with a lot of money behind it, would you do a movie musical? You would have to sing. And dance, and potentially wear a wig and a sparkly jumpsuit.
4: <laughs> you know what? I think I might just take the Beyonce uh, route on this and and just do it. You know, do it do it for the do it for the biscuit. I
1: would just like you risk to re- it. I would risk just it for like the biscuit. Like you to remember though that um, Beyonce is a professional singer, um, so it she she wasn't really risking anything. I'm just saying.
4: Um, well
1: you'd be risking
4: you well, would be risking a little bit. Well, I don't know. Between me and Beyonce, who can tell?
1: Can. Who can tell? Who, who can <laughs> even
4: tell? Everyone uh, can uh, no, yeah. but it looks it looks like it would be a it look this movie, <clears throat> Dream looks like it would be a roller coaster of emotion tied with all the great things that make a great film now money, sex, singing people everything it, it looks like a A, a plus I'm, money I'm sex people
1: it. and singing what else does a film really
0: need
4: that's it that's it that's all it needs <laughs>
0: amazing <laughs> amazing why don't you sign off
3: Jeffy
4: great this was Jeffy Jeff M radio with the Jeffiest Jeffs you've ever heard Jeffing around the Jeffiest of Jeff reviews of Girls. The Jeffy Jeff Jeff Dream Girls Review by Jeff
3: it's Mika Rose.
2: <laughs> 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 like, like we're oh my so god, are so good at saying. T- oh my god,
1: Tiana?
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, thank you. Is you it know. Tiana?
1: Oh my god, is Tiana here?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know how many times I've been asked if I could sing just based on how I look? <laughs> like, so like you uh, must be uh, an incredible cop. Uh, oh, oh, have you done dream girls before? Like,
0: Along with the rain. I can sing loudly in my shower.
1: Yes. <laughs> Is that what you're asking?
0: Really? <laughs> uh, Julia, thank you so much for joining us. This was really genuinely We're so, so fun.
2: Glad you're yeah, here. this was fun. And it was, was nice to just, so you know, talk to you guys out of quarantine about something we all really loved. We need a nice happy distraction. Sometime. I think so, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, bring some joy to a space that right now feels very bountifully sad. Not yeah. joyful. Yeah. Right.
2: But um, you guys can find me at, at Julia Pace on Instagram. That's it. Great,
1: great. We would love to follow you on Instagram, Julia Thanks. Pace. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you can find us at a, a what is it? All singing, uh, all singing pod, and um, we have our movie musical meltdown website. Um, we're on Twitter sometimes, um, as always. So you can rent this movie on Amazon and Apple TV. Yes. Um, there's not a super easy place to stream it for free if you have a subscription service. Um, and the music included in this podcast uh, complies with the copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act. Allowances made for the fair use of purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. Please don't sue us. Fair use is permitted by copyright statute that otherwise might be infringing. Again, please don't sue us.
1: <laughs> we love you all. Beyonce and Jennifer Hudson. Please don't sue me.
0: You can probably get this movie at your local library, I would assume.
1: I would assume if they're open. That's right. You can get it online. But it's $3.99 on iTunes. So yeah. It's, it's listen, worth it. It's worth it. All of, the, of all honestly. of the movies that we've done recently, other than maybe Chicago, um, this is the most worth it. I'm just going to say it. It's so fun. It's so delightful. It's beautiful. It's it's honestly, for right now, a very poignant message. Yes, I agree. Um, you're supporting Black creators. You're supporting Black actors. You're supporting um, a Black story. Yeah. Um,
0: But also just in general, like learning about American history and thinking about like the role of women in art, which I think is really important as women in art.
2: So I said this like earlier off the record, but I think we should talk about like if we were going to create or you guys going to create your own women powered musical, what would that look like? I'll just throw that out to you guys. Ooh,
0: I love it. And maybe that's a prompt, too, for the viewers. So if you have a musical that you've always dreamed about or you think that would be something really silly to do, you know, like if you're like, Earthquake, the musical, oh,
1: that's tell good. us. You know, what <laughs> you know I I already decided what I would do. What? There's been stage adaptations of several Jane Austen novels, but I don't know if There's probably are musical adaptations, but I don't know if there are good musical adaptations. Mm. I would like to do a Jane Austen musical that's very i cool. love
0: that you know i feel like my normal inclination would always be to go like really campy and do something like really surreal and bizarre like earth girls are easy the musical but um i honestly think it'd be really cool to do a biopic musical about the life of gene kelly
2: oh that would be oh, great yeah that would act- i think i could pour my life pretty deeply that's into a that. good
1: one yeah yeah all right about what about you julia
2: I have so many different like people musicals, but I think I like like strange, racially important things. So I think it would be like it, ten years from now we can write like COVID and the Revolution twenty twenty. Like
4: Ooh. right
2: now, all that's going down and like that's a great idea. The like what happens of in a, the future? Like a pandemic back, and a revolution in the same, same
0: year. Yeah. yeah,
1: and that might be something that in ten to fifteen years we can look back on with with introspection and reflection whereas now it just makes me want to scream until I can't hear myself anymore
2: that's the one of the title songs it makes me want to scream
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah sign me up I'm on board I will buy a ticket
0: <laughs> well thank you guys so much as always we would love to share this with you uh we think you know musicals and 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 just sharing art in general is a really great way to empower each other uh please find us online let's keep the dialogue open and if there are musicals that you want to talk about or want to hear us talk about suggest them find please. us on twitter find us on instagram we love to communicate this is a sharing platform yeah, for a reason
1: absolutely if you don't recommend musicals for us we're gonna it's you to all three high school musicals just as a warning. Yeah. It's going to happen regardless That's a digital of what gun you want, to your head. But, um, Are, yeah. Do you like High School Musicals? Yes.
0: She loves them. I've never seen them in my whole life. It's
1: happening, y'all. Get excited.
0: Yeah, and then uh, after this, look out for our mini episode about Even Stevens, Influenza the Musical, and our scathing review of Guys and Dolls. <laughs> Things to look forward to.
2: Got the horse right here. His name is Paul we'll And the guy <laughs> <who's in laughs> the weather's
3: clear. Can do. Can do. Like you Doing all you can Making my dreams come true You're strong and you're smart You've taken my heart And I give you the rest of me too You're the perfect man for me I love you, I do